of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. On, 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey now, we're back everyone. Calm Down Podcast. Get off the IG for a second and hop on over and listen. Aaron gets an award for being the calm down IG takeover queen. How's We're your really list? cranking them out? Are you wearing the today? Oh, it's not a whatever it's called. Are nope, you wearing? We're not it? giving him credit. Nope. Are you wearing it? Are you not wearing it? I don't hear. No, a list. they're they're in their case. I'm not going to show it. But I got to tell you, there's these like you can't see unless you're watching on YouTube. You get these plastic dots plastered on your teeth. So all day long, if I don't have my uh, things in, I just like play with my teeth. It's like I got an issue. It's cra- It's fine. Go on. But I don't have a list. For those of you that haven't checked out our IG account, Erin's been wearing these things, these corrective spacers, yep. if you will. And she's been talking with a lisp. It's very entertaining. <laughs> Did you ever have, you had to have braces. You have such a good never. smile. You I never, never had braces. Had braces? You mm-hmm. bitch. I had headgear. I had the, I had the, uh, the, oh, that's sexy. I had the rubber bands. I had the yeah. whole thing. And my teeth have still moved. So now wonder you're having some issues there. Well, welcome to the club. Okay. Thank you. I always wanted to be like you guys. I always wanted braces. So I used to put like my chewing gum up over my teeth so I could kind of be like, and now I hate it and I sound ridiculous. And the dry mouth, it ain't It's cute. a thing. It's, it's a real like, thing. It's like you've yeah. had seven bottles of wine or a, a case of Adderall. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that was my Saturday. <laughs> but anyways. Um, well, you, you got, should put that on the disclaimer before you do these things. It's like it's a how prescription. many bottles of wine or Adderall? I don't know. It's a prescription. Okay. It's an actual, it's medical. It's medicinal. Sure. Uh, I am very excited though, as I Try to develop some saliva in my mouth. I'm jealous of that water. Water, Wadsworth. You lost your mind over Jonathan Knight. I am going to lose my mind over our guest today, Brian Baumgartner, 
He played Kevin Malone in The Office for all nine seasons. He is a dream come true. And he is also the number one, I believe, let's check with Stephen Glannis on this, grossing uh, individual on Cameo. So that's reason enough to talk to him for some tips and tricks, if you will. But uh, everyone, you know, the cult classic that is The Office. I'm so excited to have him on the show. And I know you are, too. Yeah, he's great. And I am late to the party with The Office. I, Jarrett and I love watching Seinfeld be crack up over that. You've been on me. Jimmy Traina from, from Sports Illustrated has mm-hmm. been on me. Finally started watching. Love everything about it. Jim and Pam forever. It's, <laughs> it's great. And uh, I'm so excited to talk to him. I've been listening to his podcast and just hearing the stories behind everything. And we were talking, you and I, last week about this show and about some of our first jobs. If they were in an office, if they weren't in office, mm-hmm. in an office, go. You tell me. Give me some of your faves, first I jobs. I have had, as you know, 700 jobs just running through them. I've been a barista at Starbucks. I was a sales associate at Nordstrom's. I wore all white, weighing way too much at Cheesecake Factory. Those were big girl pants. I love that brand. Uh, white is not slimming. There's a reason that the service industry wears black. Let's just say that, okay? Uh, yeah, I had too much of the brown bread. Um, but the job that I, um, well, aside from working in HR at Fox, which I don't know if people know this, I tell this story, but like, that's how I actually started at Fox Sports was in the human resources department, which anyone that knows me, you very well knows that there's no reason I should be working in HR ever because I'm a violation in every shape and form. Uh, but I took that job there because it was the only job available in Fox Sports. But the job that still makes me laugh for a Look couple, at her now. couple reasons is I worked at a tanning salon. Did you ever go to a tan? Were you ever in a tanning bed? Come on, Dazzler. Crushed a tanning bed. Crushed it. I can smell my skin right now. I mean, God, there's nothing better. And some, yeah. da- some days I would do triples. You oh heard my me. God, Carissa! Well, melanoma line one. Well, look, I love my dermatologist now, and Ugh. we are the only marks on my skin now are tattoos. But that's not important. I abused the privilege of working at said tanning salon in <laughs> Beach. It was below a Hooters. A lot of Hooters <laughs> girls came through there. A lot of girls. They didn't want to wear the, the nylons. Wings are good. Oh yeah. But let's just say this. I soon found out, Aaron Andrews, in your virgin ears, because you are not as wild as I am uh, or was, I found out that this tanning salon was actually a little cover-up for some tax money, if you know what I mean. So I started seeing things go out the back door that, uh, let's just say, were illegal at the time. So I was like, oh, that's what this tanning salon is for. So, um... Yeah, that's why they let me tan there as much as I wanted to, because I didn't rat them out. Because I, you know what? Snitches get stitches, Aaron. I didn't rat them out. Mm-hmm. Did you have the little goggles on while these transactions Sometimes were happening? Or did you take them off? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my shadiest job. Uh, but, yeah, what about you, my dear? Well, first of all, I want to go back to the tanning bed. I used to think I was so dangerous since, yes, I basically was a big square growing up. I used to think I was so dangerous when I wouldn't tan with the goggles on because I didn't (laughs) want the side, like, tan thing. So I would close my eyes, and then I would be like, do you think I'm going blind? Do you think I'm going blind? And I would open my eyes a little bit in the bed. Danger, danger. I'm not going blind. How about the fact that people be like, oh, are the beds clean? I'm like, yeah, they're totally clean. I would just like wipe it down. I was like, Ew, not real. I know it's ew, so gross. Which and is then why like, I did a stand up. 
but don't worry. I'd give you like the Playboy sticker or the palm tree oh, to yeah. see like, oh God, Dan, you were getting <laughs> so, so dirty. gross when you think about it. I actually went to a tanning <laughs> salon like a year ago and I was in there for about four minutes and I was like, I got to get out. I got to get out. This is weirding me out. Why am I back here? Again, consult your dermatologist if you see anything wrong with your skin. This is not an endorsement for tanning beds. And for all you tanning bed salon owners, I hope you're running your business legally out there. But where did you work? I know you've had a bazillion jobs too. Well, speaking of sun damage, well, first of all, I worked at an (laughs) old Navy in college. I worked at a Banana Republic growing up just because the boy I had a crush on in high school was there. So I wanted to be there. And then um, oh yeah, Banana Republic. I don't think I did J. Crew. It was basically Old Navy Banana Republic. I missed that shirt folding situation every single day. I mean, I it was just so good. Uh, I had no business styling people because I also <laughs> couldn't style myself, but I all will never forget you don't want to sell just one item. You want to try to sell two or three. One is bad. It brings like your cue something down. Yeah, you want to Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But the end-all be-all sun damage job I had was we had a water park in town and one of my sorority sisters at the University of Florida knew somebody who was doing the hiring for the mm. lifeguard or ride technician at the water park. And I was recruited. Basically, I just wanted to get you tan hot. all summer That's long what <laughs> in my red hot like Baywatch suit. Um it was awful. I never was trained properly. I couldn't, I didn't know CPR to quote unquote save anyone's life. As a life. lifeguard? You didn't know CPR? As Jesus. a lifeguard. I mean, if someone went down, I hope to God the lifeguard next to me would know how to do it. And I, my dad would just be like, I cannot believe this is happening. One of the worst experiences at this park I ever had. And uh, uh, Tampa Bay, Lightning capital of the world, and it's no joke. Those storms, you can set your clock by it. Four o'clock, you are having bolts of lightning hit your house. Back in the day, we'd lose our VCR. My mom's like, unplug it, unplug it. <laughs> like, we'd be running around the house unplugging, like, the TVs and, you know, the, yes. the VCRs. I'm on this massive, like, seven-story raft ride, okay, where, like, the raft would come down, and then there's this pool, and I'm so cute. I'm getting my son and pushing. Keep your arms on the handles keep your legs crossed and pushing you down. Well, a storm is coming and they have not told us we can come off this ride yet. And it's like black. It's like Wizard of Oz. Dorothy and the house are flying away and you can just see the bolts of lightning. And one of my girlfriends was in the pool up top and I was in the pool, the second one. And she's like, are we supposed to go down? Is the ride closed? I've been in like turbulence with an airplane. I've been in crazy situations. This is where I was like, kiss your ass goodbye because you're about to die in this great bathing suit, but in a wonderful tan, but in a pool of water. We got down, but I just remember like bolts of lightning and I'm like, I'm going to die here at this water park. (laughs) And here I thought CPR was going to be the issue. They don't call the NHL team Tampa Bay lightning for nothing, folks. Stanley Cup winner two times. Those rings look fabulous. Better get that Stanley Cup out of the lightning. That is a magnet right for it. Wow. Oh, I can't believe you didn't know CPR. I mean, yeah. I had a drug ring going over here at, at <laughs> Salon <laughs> Beach right across from <laughs> and below Hooters. You do the math if you live in <laughs> um, and you didn't know CPR. We are criminals. You and no, I know the biggest thing was like you didn't want kids making out in the lazy river. You know what I mean? You just got to be like, hey, blow that whistle. Uh, <gasps> blow the no whistle. No making out. Mm. 
Blow the whistle. That's a different kind of song right there. Oh my God. You probably had it. Imagine if you, that tan was probably unfortunate though. A one piece tan, the crisscross back. Yeah, that's no tough. bueno for the sorority dresses when I went back to school, you know? Like, I mean, there's no cover up that's helping you with no that. No strapless thing. for you, sweetheart. No sweetheart nope. line. Mm-mm, Can't do right. that. Can't do that in the lazy river. Nope. Oh God. But for all you kids out there listening, Try to avoid working in jobs where you'll get arrested. But I always encourage people to have all the jobs you possibly can, especially in the service industry. Because every time I'm at a restaurant now, I was also a bartender. Every time you're at, you know, at these places, you remember what it was like. Look, if you're going to the water park, Aaron, you feel for that lifeguard. You know, you're asking. Get her off that tower when it's lightning, man. Get her off that tower. Get her down. You know, Romeo and Juliet, rescue me. My biggest problem was when I would work the slides and like you'd have to give the people a push and you'd say, cross your legs, cross your arms. And like the hairy backs that were Ew, wet. I couldn't you deal. I couldn't <gasps> deal. I didn't like oh, it. The push. It's a lot of touching. That's why I didn't clean the salon. A lot of sweating. A lot of sweating in the tanning salon. I was salons. sweating on the tanning bed. There was like a pool. Usually I would leave. It was hot in there. Well, it's a tanning salon. <laughs> but that's, that's where we're at. That smell though. Oof. Is there anything worse? Actually, here's the deal. Has anyone invented a tanning, like a sunless no. tan that doesn't... I know. And it gets in your armpits, by the way. You shave your armpits. This was my problem when I did Dancing with the Stars. They'd coat us head to toe with this like Brazilian stuff. Then we'd shave our armpits the morning of the show because, you know, you're showing your armpits. And it looks like you had a hairy armpit because the tanning stuff was all in the follicles. God. There's a lot of problems here. Yeah. Anyways, let's go back to when I was a bartender at <laughs> four on <laughs> street. They didn't have a POS system. My friends loved coming in. The best job to have in college was a bartender. Why? So you could still party and make money. Now everybody's updated their systems, but this was cash only. Let's just say it was a lot of cash for me, not a lot of cash for everyone else. You know what oh I mean? Oh my God, Carissa, hey, you're I a don't criminal. Know. I'm working. Hey, it's be- look, it's better to ask for forgiveness, not permission. Okay, Aaron? You don't take CPR classes, so who's the real criminal? I would have if they had offered. Me stealing money is not killing people. You could have killed someone. <laughs> Listen, everybody went down my slide with arms crossed, legs crossed. Have a good one. Ew. Crisscross applesauce. Well, we're going to talk to a guy coming up next that has had a lot of years of experience in an office on the hit show The Office. Brian Bumgartner is coming up next. I can't wait to see what illegal job he had before he was on the hit show The Office. This is Calm Down Podcast. Don't call the police on us. J-O-B. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, 
Lil Dirk, and you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you? T- why are you <laughs> telling me see the whole time? <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There he is. Hello, everybody. Forget the office. Teach us all the ways on Cameo, man. Oh, my gosh. Let me just. Are those your certificates for being the number one grossing Cameo guy back there? (laughs) Listen, did you guys talk to Stephen Galanis? Hell yeah, we did. He got me on Cameo. He's like, if I can't get you on Cameo, we got a problem. So I'm sorry. Who got you on Cameo? Well, I've only made a couple hundred dollars, so I need some tips. Hi, Brian, by the way. How are you? We're good. We're so excited to have you here for a myriad of reasons. I'm so excited. Are we recording yet or no? Yeah, yeah. We're always recording. Hell always yeah. press record. Very good. Very. Oh, okay, then I'll be quiet. But very <laughs> good, by the way. That's what I, that's what, I, that's, that was a, a little trick I learned when I was started doing this. Yeah. Always be recording. Well, because we interview athletes for uh, a living, as you know, but the second you say you know, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but the second you say, all right, we're ready to go in three, two, the answers are completely different. So oh, yeah. we just of go. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, it's so, do you guys know Eric Anders Lang? Do you Eric know who that Lang? Is? Of course I do from the IT department. Why would I know that? Because I always had issues with my computer, Brian. Wait. Who? Wait, what are you, who are you talking You're, about? This is totally a different person. <laughs> no, I thought, totally I know it. I know an Eric Lang. Who's the Eric Lang you know? Eric Anders Lang. Oh, there's a hyphen. Well, I don't know if there's a hyphen, but he's become like the golf guy, like golf. 
I think he does. He, he does like uh, he started like adventures in golf. He had this podcast. I think Scratch is his now too. That may not be a hundred percent right. He Jared, I need my husband here. He would know this. Does he have some weird thing on IG that helps you with your swing? Because that's the only thing my husband freaking watches. <laughs> Who is that guy? I want to kill him. No, I'm just joking. No, so he's I not the guy he in does, the IT department. He does this. Well, here, the the reason I'm bringing this up, which again, because it's always about me. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> he, he shot this video with me uh, a couple of years ago. And, you know, he's done Tiger and he's done all these guys. Of course, my video with him is the number one watch video that he has because guy. that's that's the way that I roll. Anyway, he did this podcast with me. He's all about positivity in golf, inclusiveness. He started this thing. I, I don't want to talk about him that long, but he started this thing called the Random Golf Club. And what it is, this is kind of about his temperament. It's basically like it's a golf club that you can be a part of. Just you say that you're a part of it and you're a part of it. And he goes out with like 20 sums and it's all, it's like, like the club exists like in your own mind or whatever, but they do have gatherings. And anyway, he's all about, and he is the one that taught me this trick, which was I sat down to do a podcast and we talked for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, is this guy going to start recording? Like, what the hell are we <laughs> doing here? And then I'm like, are we going? And he's like, oh no, we're, we're going. And so when I started sitting down with all my old office compadres, I actually yes. took it a step further. And I, cause I, I hadn't seen, like I hadn't seen Steve Carell in a couple of years. So I said, I'm going to hide in a studio cause we were still in person. I'm going to hide. I'm not even going to see them when they come in, make sure that the, the audio is rolling. And so like the beginning of all of my interviews now, what you hear is like our genuine non-performed reaction of like just us seeing together like tears happen or like yeah. you know just like or just like immediate giving shit back and forth with each other or whatever i don't know if i can say that or not but well, I you did. can say shit, um, shit. of course you can and, this is a podcast and, brian you know that yeah so you can say whatever uh fcc pff, forget that um <laughs> faa so, who cares FAA, yeah faa uh, did i say it wrong um, anyway, so yes, I, I appreciate that. That's no, what I do as well. We are thrilled to have you on. Um, as somebody who, thank goodness, uh, the positive from COVID for me was that I got to watch every, truth be told, I had seen a lot of episodes of The Office, but I hadn't watched the entire catalog of The Office. So I did that during quarantine. Aaron soon followed after. And like every one of your adoring fans, the first question is, does he really talk like that? That's the number one question on your Wikipedia uh, asking page. So you clearly don't talk like Kevin. Did you, did you not know the answer to that? No, I knew the answer to that, but oh. there's a lot of listeners, Brian. We don't want to assume everyone's best friends like we are, you know? There's I have some to new- say, that's the one thing I was blown away with your podcast. And I was telling my mom and dad because they're huge Office fans. And I was pumped to tell them that you're coming on. Your voice on your podcast is so smooth and so sensuous. I mean, we it's need tips so about all these things. Yeah, because I sound like I'm on crack. Some, <laughs> someone said to me, now you're not going to think it. You're not going to think it, but it there is some truth to it. It's about, uh, I guess, my rhythm or whatever. Someone joked that I sound like Tom Hanks. Uh, well, someone that I know, Tom Hanks mixed with smoke and whiskey 
or something. So Ooh, there's that's like great. A, little, Sensual. a little more buttery. Yes. Yeah. Like um, like a Sauvignon Blanc or a Chardonnay. What's your that, drink of choice, Brian? Ooh, uh, mine would be either really red or really brown. Ooh, ooh. I like those rules. Yes. Um, Very good. Not a Chardonnay. <laughs> but I'm not, but that is my voice. It's the same voice I'm using now, right? This is I my don't, mm, I gotta be honest. I've listened to quite a few, but I just got done with the Phyllis one. And no, you are just Phyllis. Oh. Had you had any training before? I mean, no, you are very buttery. You are, you I'm like lay it buttery. on. I'm less buttery now. Listen, I'll take you however I can get mm -hmm. you. Can <laughs> we talk we about more tricks? Because when we just told you we were recording on the podcast, what else have you learned about, you know, doing this, the podcast or the pod as they like to call them? The pods? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, so truth be told, this this idea, uh, Ben Silverman and Propagate approached me about basically producing this idea, and it sort of came out of some other people writing books or yeah. or so forth about the show, and and it sort of started with the idea of why is someone else telling our story? Like why why mm -hmm. is why is someone else doing it? I'm about to get to your answer. It's, uh, I, <laughs> I talk in a circular way at times. We love this. Um, and so when we started the idea of telling the story, there was a lot of conversation. Like there's a great, great journalist. I bring his name up all the time. I haven't talked to him in like 15 years, but Bill Carter with the New York Times, who's, he wrote like that, uh, uh, I think it was called Late Night or something about like the David Letterman Leno thing. Like he's a, he's a known guy. So it was like, should we get Bill Carter? Or should we get some journalist from Rolling Stones or something to, you know, to interview everybody? And basically what, what I slash we decided was, you know, I may not be a great journalist like the two of you. I may not be like an investigative. I may not know what questions to ask. But what I do know is, is that the conversations that I'm going to get are going to be conversations that nobody else can have mm -hmm. with them. That that the the shared experience that we have together, coupled with me doing a lot of thinking about it. Uh, is going to get us closer to at least where I want to be than anybody else doing it. And truly, that's sort of where we started with it. And so, you know, I think that we were attempting to have real conversations. You know, I, I mean, that's so obvious. But I mean, like, really not an interview, but, but really a shared conversation that was a, a give and take back and forth. And as soon as we sort of found that, I think that's where we we really had something. I mean, Phyllis, I mean, you said you just listened to the Phyllis one. I mean, that, that she cried three times. I know. And, and, and I mean, and and I mean, and she doesn't talk. She doesn't do a lot of press. She doesn't talk to a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, and it was really about just going back in time. And I think the 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 other thing was we we looked at it as a history told by individuals who remember things differently. And so, like, that's such, like, a nerdy school answer. Like, there are no right or wrong answers. Because, sure, there are. There are definitely wrong answers. But <laughs> in terms of the conversation, it really was about just, well, what do you, what do you remember? Like, what were you, you know, how? And, and stories came out from people that I had no, no clue about. I'll, I'll give you one. You'll love this because you guys are journalists. Settle in. 
I'm talking to, I know I'm talking so much. Here we go. I love it. That's I, why you're on. Are you kidding me? This is like, I've been waiting to talk to you for a long time. So have at it. Okay. Well, I'm talking to, her name is Laverne Caracusi Milano. I hope I'm saying that right. She was the head makeup artist by the end. And we're talking, we're having a conversation about the look of the show and people are, you know, came out of friends and this was different in a way because we weren't all yeah. sexy looking. You know, we were sort of talking about all that stuff. Debatable. And then, and then we start talking about the writer strike that happened and what happened with the crew. The, the writers went on strike for 100 days in the middle of when we were shooting this. And she gets this little hitch. She starts to say something. She gets this little hitch in her voice. She goes, am I, am I allowed to talk about that? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you, I like every, everything in my brain was firing. Yes. Go, yes, go, yes, go. Please, what are you going to say? <laughs> And I didn't know what I did. I true. I had no idea what she was gonna. And so I was like, "Oh, yeah, no. I mean, you can. I mean, wh- whatever you want to do." And she tells me that Greg Daniels, the exact, and, and we this, we talk a lot about the family that we became on the show, which was really true. She said, "Well, you know, we were into the writer strike, and it was the holidays, and it was Christmas, and we got something in the mail." And she said, "I know it was from him personally." Um. Greg Daniels wrote every member of the crew a check and sent it wow. to them in the mail. She was wow. like, I know it was from him because it was his personal, like his personal check mm. with his personal information on it. I had no idea that this had happened. And she goes into it and like what that meant and, and what that meant after that. Like I would go to battle for this guy. This is what, you know, he did for us. So anyway, stories like that that came out that, that truly I was there, but I had no idea. No, oh, that's amazing. It's so true. And I know Aaron can attest to this. And, you know, being with the same crew, how long have you been with Troy and, and Joe, Aaron, now going on how many years? Six, seven, eight, eight maybe? years. Eight. That yeah. becomes a family. I was with college game day for like eight years, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I uh, got off the phone earlier today talking to Terry Bradshaw. And we were just cat- like, t- you know, like these people become your family. And right. so when you spend so much time together for you guys on set, uh, you know, and you were there from the beginning which is just so incredible. I mean, it's like if there's a lottery ticket to be had, Brian, oh it's that it's that golden Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ticket that as an actor, you can only hope that not only are you on a, a show that is this successful, but with this many great people. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, now having a little distance between when you guys were last all together, at least, uh, you know, in terms of filming the show, how much do you appreciate it as time goes on, what you really had? Oh, I mean, it's crazy. It, um, you know, my, I, I, it, in some ways, like my life is like, there, it's like not like the BC and AD, but it really is. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like before the off, because I, I, when I start yeah. about that time, I'm like, oh my God, that was a lifetime ago. And like for me, it was, it was essentially my 30s, like mm. my entire 30s. Because it's was nine like, years, right? 30, yeah. 30, 31, what? Yeah, you're nine years, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 10 years, nine, mm-hmm. nine seasons. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it was that, that whole decade. And, you know, we, the thing that I talk about is, is that we really, people forget, like Steve Carell became a mega, like the biggest comedy star in movies, but that was, we'd started. And when we started, mm-hmm. they, they, he really had not done very much and, and nobody really had. And, and a lot of people had worked for a long time and had, you know, a, some successes, small successes and a lot of failures. And 
And so there was, we started with a place, we were all sort of at net zero and the show struggled so much the first couple of years. And, you know, it was like going to our first Emmys together, which was like, we were, I mean, we really were the Beverly Hillbillies. I mean, (laughs) I I told this story, Oscar Nunez reminded me, I had this little, little bungalow house up in the, Beverly, what do they call it? Uh, Beverly Hills PO, which which is the post office box that says nine zero two one zero. But you're really not in Beverly Hills. Like I don't, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. And that was the we. I was the closest house to the the Beverly Hilton for the Golden Globes. It was there. He was reminding me. It was like you know we showed up at the Golden Globes the first time when Steve actually won in a Honda Civic. We yes. like pulled up to the front door. Me, David Denman, who played Roy, and Oscar Nunez, and maybe one more. And it was like, we were like, where do we park? They're like, you can't park? What are you talking about? There's no parking here. And we were, oh, oh. And like David Denman like went and valeted at Trader Vic's or something around her at the Starbucks and like walked Two back. hour limit, yeah. You guys Worth get the ticket get off, I guess. I mean, but like, we, like that really was us. I can't, I you know it was like, I... Um, and all of those experiences and us going to, you know, being together for such a long time and starting yeah. at that net. And then, yeah. you know, when the success started happening, it, it definitely made it that much more rewarding. The Globes is where everybody gets hammered, right? That's yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that you show up in a Honda Civic. I mean, it, come on. What do you remember? Where, did you guys just say, let's go for it? This is like our night out. A hundred percent. Well, and this this tells you even more. <laughs> Was that that year, and and this was all sort of um, sort of the the turning point of the show, actually, in a lot of ways. This was um, uh, midway, so it was, it was like January, you know, end of December, which would have been our second season. We were like struggling, struggling to stay on the air, and really, we were dead like four times before that. We weren't going to go, and then Forty Year Old Virgin came out, and suddenly, right before that, we had the the first Christmas episode we did, which was the first time we went above 10 million viewers on a Thursday. Wow. Oh, that's kind of a big number. And and Steve was nominated for a Golden Globe. The show wasn't nominated. And we watched, this is part of it. We watched the ceremony. We weren't allowed inside. They would oh. they were like, no, you're not. You're not coming inside. <laughs> the NBC had set up a, a you know, there's all the parties that are going on in different areas of the yeah. Golden Globe. And their party was on the roof of the parking garage. This is not a joke. On the outdoor roof of the parking garage, they had set up a tent and there was a party. And we were there and we we all drank a lot. Like a yes. lot, lot. Brown, and red, purple, blue. All, all of the it. colors. It was, it was all the colors. <laughs> all of the colors. And then and he wasn't supposed to win. We thought this is our one party ever. Let's go. God. Um, and then Steve won. And that that night, I will, I truly, I like that. That's just one of those nights. Like I didn't even win any. None of us won anything. Steve won, but he showed up afterward, and we like tackled him. And oh. I mean, it was it was a crazy, crazy night. And one of my favorite pictures of us, and you could look it up. There was, um, and I I noticed recently because I told this story. To someone, I was reminding someone, uh, I think it was Jenna Fisher on, on the podcast. I went and looked at the picture and I was like, oh, you can't see it. But they had um, like the gigantic like chocolate fondue, you know, fountains. Oh, the mm-hmm. And I 
of course, tried some, dripped it right down the shirt. Just, I mean, just <laughs> run, all the way right down the shirt. And and anyway, there was like a, I think it's a TV guide, like photo booth thing that they have. And Steve mm-hmm. came up, he had, he had won. And it was like, I will never forget that night. And we all crammed, oh, there was like 20 of us crammed mm-hmm. into the little photo booth. And I, with the chocolate on my thing, but I realized that in the photo, at least I kind of turned. So yeah, I'm like a side view. So you can't actually see what an idiot I was. That's amazing. You mentioned that that was a turning point for you guys. And prior to that, now hard to believe that you were struggling to even stay on air. For you, was there a moment, Brian, where all of a sudden you realize I can't go to the coffee shop, to the restaurant, to like, oh, this thing is is big now. I'm, I'm here in the Honda Civic is is no longer allowed. I can't drink all the colors in public anymore. Still do back in the Honda Civic. Uh, Of course, I never would have done that. Um, I, you know, it was gradual. I think for us because, you know, early on, um, we were struggling and truly believed that that we would be canceled. There was something that was happening even early on that kind of gave us pause. We didn't talk about it so much, but, you know, this was back, you know, 15 years ago, whatever. And Nielsen ratings, that was the big thing, right? Yeah. They're little boxes. Have you ever met anyone with a Nielsen box? This always plagues me. Who's got the box? That there you that is that's the where's thing. the box? Where's it's the box? Re- yeah, uh, but, uh, where but is this said I, box? Um, I, I yes, that's right. So people say the ratings, this many people watching. Well, it's really based on some complicated formula of the, yeah. the Wilson boxes. And your point is exactly right. That I, we sort of started having some anecdotal evidence, like college, and we sort of went. <laughs> No one in college in a dorm has a Nielsen box. Like no, no one is sort of calculating that. I think in sports right. actually, it works very similarly in a way. Like there's sometimes something becomes kind of uh, culty, or everyone's talking about it, but it's not reflected in that way. I think that was kind of starting to happen a little bit. This is actually a true crimes podcast. We've exposed the Nielsen box ratings. <laughs> Mystery has been solved. There is no Nielsen box. That's, that's cereal. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I'll tell you. So it was definitely gradual. And let's be honest. Um, I, at the very least, I have a distinctive head. Let's just put it <laughs> that way. And so there were times, actually my favorite story that I have not told in a really long time, but I was shooting a movie somewhat afterward and John Krasinski, my co-star was in the movie and Mandy Moore was in the movie and wow. we were we were in uh, Canada and we were shooting at a sushi place. I mean, this is a long time ago, but still they were John Krasinski and that was Mandy Moore. And we had like three people come up to the table to ask me to take a picture and they're oh. sitting right no. there. They're sitting right, no, and no, it's like no one sees them. So that happens um, for me. But the crazy thing is, which wasn't your question, is that now the show, and and really the reason, the idea about doing the podcast now was based on, and it's funny, we talked about it in like a true crime way. I said, I want to do the podcast like it's a true crime. And the question is this, why is this show now? that we haven't shot in seven years. Why is it bigger now? Yeah, why, why? On the air. And why is it Why is it now not just bigger than that? It's the 
it's the most watched show in television right now. Mm-hmm. Like new shows, the Stranger Things, all the like hot new stuff. More people are consuming and watching the show now, and so it's like, why? Do, and What's the, the answer? answer is, I don't really you know. <laughs> but I think that the at least the smartest thing that I figured out is that when we were on set, this was early on when we were struggling, struggling, struggling. There was a there was some stat that kept going around, and I don't remember what the number was, but it was something like. 200 million people in America work in an office. So if we can get 10% of those people to watch or 5% of those people to watch, like we've got them, we're good. Like we're great. Yeah. And I think that what we didn't realize was at the time and through today that we were building a show, sure, that, that was about that. But the parallel between an unreasonable boss who makes you do unreasonable things uh, with a group of people that you're not choosing to be with, how well that translates to an unreasonable teacher who makes you do unreasonable assignments sitting next to people you may not choose to sit next to for year after year after year after year, and how the archetypes of the characters are so universal that that sh- sort of shared experience of being a group of people against an unreasonable authority figure, how well that translates. And I think really that's that's the smartest answer for, I think, because now it's like 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. You brought up Cam. I mean, I'm t- talking to 12-year-olds now, and it's like, why are you watching sexual harassment episodes? That is <laughs> definitely not... When the blow-up doll comes in, you should not. Where are your parents? I'm going to tell you why I think it's so successful as a viewer and uh, incredible supporter is because you guys say what we're now not allowed to say in any situation. And having I used to work in human resources, which I had zero business working in human resources. (laughs) I would get drunk on my lunch break. But it's this idea that you can't do those things, but you guys would do them. and and, And also like breaking that. I st- I'm in TV and I don't, is it the fourth wall? I don't know what wall it is. Any wall that you broke and being able to look into the camera and have those testimonial moments and say all the things, like that's just the hilarity for me is, is doing and saying things that we're not supposed to be saying or doing. Yeah. Well, Carissa, that the really, I, I mean, this, this boggles to, to talk exactly about what you're talking about, like how crazy society and the world has become. And even then, you know, there was, a, and by the way, this is all positive. I'm not, uh, don't cancel me here. But we Never. eventually had to do sexual harassment seminars, right? Like at NBC Universal, we were required to do sexual harassment seminars. As with, a cast? As the a whole cast? cast? Yeah. As oh my cast, God. Were you guys group, in character? <laughs> as a group, <laughs> as a whole. No, everyone to do. And it was like, you know, 90 minutes, two hours. And it was once a year. We had to do the thing, sit there and sign in and all the stuff. And no joke, the HR reps, which maybe it was you, who came in and they showed the videos. They were showing videos from our show. about <laughs> With the red-haired girl? The red-haired girl? <laughs> yes. They're, they're showing us videos <laughs> of what we can't do. Amazing. And it's like, what? The, 
the, and no one, no one would say like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think you're right. I, I mean, I think you're right. I think that Steve and I had kind of a long conversation about this and it, it, you know, it's been a lot of talk about, could this show happen today? Could it right. not happen today? You know, I think that at its core, what I think, what made me incredibly proud of the show was that we were saying things that were inappropriate, but we were making, by the looks to the camera, by, oh. we were making fun of mm-hmm. those things. By so, saying nothing, like, literally saying yeah. nothing, just the look. Just a look. How many times did you guys wet your pants looking at the camera? Because when you guys do that, I pee my pants. (laughs) Like, it is fucking hilarious when you guys just do the the glance. Die for it. Well, now the problem is me not doing it on other things that I'm working on. (laughs) Because it's so perfect. I know. It it is. Like, it is the stop the scene joke. Like, it can be that. Um. Yeah, I I mean we had we just we had so much fun. I mean we Aww. we 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 truly had so much fun. It just dawned on me that that's while you're saying that is that look to the the audience, the viewer at home is like you're in on this joke and that's what makes you feel yeah. like you're part of the show cuz you're like I get it. I'm with you. Even if no one else in this room or this office gets it, I get you, Kevin. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I need you to say something how you would say, Kevin. So let's pretend we're in an um, HR seminar class. Okay, I'm the HR representative. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to ask you, Brian, but you can say it in Kevin's voice. Um, Brian, have you showed up to work today drinking any alcohol? What do you mean by alcohol? <laughs> it, uh, it was reported by someone on the staff, one of your coworkers, that uh, your breath smelled of alcohol. Have you had anything to drink today, Brian? No, that was something else. Mm, okay. Well, you're fired. Shoot. Pack your stuff. Know. I don't know. That was an improv. We just did an improv. Holy yes. crap, Carissa. Great acting. We, I, you know, I used to go to Second City and pretend that I was a stand-up comedian. Uh, no, but that I just needed the voice. Thank oh, you. No. For, you know, Thank you. It's, it's funny. And now that I can say whatever, you know, I go to colleges now and people say, like, what, you're going to college. What are, are you teaching? What are you doing? And honestly, don't tell anyone. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Like, it's partly, I think, supposed to be educational, but you're, but I'm sitting in a room with college kids and all they want to hear me say is like, I'm totally going to bang Holly. (laughs) Like that. So it's like, I can talk like I'm talking to you and and try to be very erudite. And I'm as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, God, they just want me to say. I know. That other thing. Well, that's interesting, though, because do you some some actors would say that, OK, that was a character. I've moved on. I'm not like, do you is that something you take offense to or is it something that you are proud of that that character that you you created uh, is, has left such an indelible mark that people make that association? That is a great question. I would never say that um, that I have that I take offense to it. I will say this, you were discussing, I don't know if listeners were here at that point, but you were discussing cameo. And um, 
I, I, I feel like that even, te- well, not even television. That's a stupid thing to say. I feel like it's a collaborative art form. And so oftentimes I get a request that someone wants for Kevin Malone to send someone a message. And I don't do that mm-hmm. because I don't think that's like, am I going to put on a suit? Am I going to wear a tie? Am I going to, by the way, I straight, iron. my hair was longer. I straight ironed my hair. There oh, was wow. Little, we called it the poof. So I had the poof. Shout out to and, the hair girl for not burning you because I, I can't get underneath here without burning my neck. That's no, a, it, it's a small it real estate area. And I say that sure. lovingly. <laughs> oh, no. Broad, awkward, awkward things. Um, so the answer to that is I won't do that. Like, I, because I don't think that, I think that's weird. Like, wait, what do you mean? Like, why is Kevin, why is he appearing? I'm mm. here in my off. This is my house. Like, or I'm outside or I'm like, I, to me, that's weird. Mm. But I feel like by the same token that people want to hear a little bit from him. So I call it a flavor. And that's well, what I would, you, you know, if I, I'm not going to do a Q&A at a college as Kevin Malone. I don't know. That doesn't, doesn't even make sense. Plus, like, I don't own, that's a character, but. But, he, you know, if he happens to slip out of me a little bit, that sounds weird. Um, then so he, um, so well, thank the, you for know. the flavor that you just gave us. Yeah. We love it all. So that's how I that's how I view it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I don't know if I'm right either. No, but, it totally makes sense. It is a character. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and by the way, also, I think that it's a little bit difficult for me. And I and I think partly this is why you ask and a lot of people ask is that. Um, and I don't mean like John Krasinski, for example, is not that dissimilar to Jim Halpert, right? I mean, the characters are different. Their wants are different. They, John Krasinski doesn't work in a paper company, but uh, in terms of the, the, the characterization of the two, there's not a whole lot of change or Paul Lieberstein or, Oscar Nunez or uh, Jenna Fisher in a lot of ways too. Um, It's not very different. I just am very different. So I view it like I'm going into a character that, that isn't really me. And I think there are other things that, that go into that, that doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. I think that was perfect. I'm bummed out because we don't have you for much more. And I had 75, I wrote them down as you were talking, 75 questions for you. But the one thing, so this is called Calm Down, our podcast. That's what we named it. Right. Basically, because our husbands are like, once we get in a rant or if we're at work, everybody's like, calm down. Is there something or someone, and we've asked Kevin Hart this, you know, is there is there a calm down award you would like to give to someone or somebody in society or... Kevin just had kind of said to us what Carissa that people just he just wished people would take a step back and Relax not take things so serious. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I do. I do. My dog needs to calm down. Your wow. Dog is who I was going to say actually. Um no, I so um <laughs> I don't know if this award is for me. It might it might should be for me, but I'm going to give it to air travelers. Now, you guys travel a lot. Yes. You guys travel a lot. And people who are traveling on an airplane, right, the entire experience behave in a way that they don't behave in any other place in society. 
The behavior is just atrocious. And now, again, maybe I'm telling them to calm down, okay? Maybe it's me who has to calm down because it does make me just, it makes me crazy. But like, I'll give you, well, here's one example. Sit in your chair until your group is called to the airplane. Just sit down. Just sit down. The like crowding, the multiple bags that you're bringing. What don't. If you're, if you're going on a trip, check your bags. Check, check your bags. Don't crowd the thing. And then my most, my most insanely crazy making thing is the, the airline stops and people stand up and shove their ass in your face. I cannot, I do not understand it. Sit down. You're not getting off here any faster than if you, everybody just calms down. So there you go. Calm down. It's so good. Brian, Can I get an amen? Seriously. Thank you. So, you know what? The next show we're going to write together collectively, you heard it here first, the airplane. The office was done. The airplane is next because there's a lot of comedy that ensues in an airplane and an airport. We appreciate the time to your wildly successful cameo account, to your incredible <laughs> tenure on The Office and the podcast that has followed. We appreciate you taking time away from your family and everybody to spend a little time with us. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I get why your publicist put a timer on you because we oh, would just keep yeah. going like the Energizer buddy. So we get it. She's doing her job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And we'll see you, I don't know, down the road at a game. Yeah. Who do you root for, by the way? Who's your team? The Green Bay Packers. Well, yeah. Yeah. I figured that. But I knew you were from Atlanta, so I didn't know if you were worried about the Falcons. I No, I am. um, No, I am. And a lot of those guys, I mean, that's that's my sports thing, is that I have found it very odd as I have, through golf and other experiences, gotten to know guys personally, it feels really weird to like hold on to the hometown thing. Now, the, my friends from Atlanta give me shit about this. All They're like, what are you doing? Like, this is where you're from. I'm like, yeah, but like, I, what, 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 like, I, I don't know. I, it's a, I, it's a, I'm weird. The Dodgers are, I moved to LA. I'm a huge baseball fan. I moved to LA and I'd lived all around the country before then. And I just was like, I, I want to go see baseball and what I'm going to get back yeah. to Atlanta and see two games a year. So one of the first things I did, and I started way high and I started moving lower was I got Dodger season tickets. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Now you were watching last plate. night. Mm-hmm. My husband was pissed off about that game last night. God, that was so aggravating. What happened? I well, I'll tell you what happened. Blinked. Scott Boris was there. Apparently at the wrong time. <laughs> You're the best. Come Thank to a game. You. Come to a Packers game when we're not freezing our asses off at Lambeau. I will, although I love it. I love going there when it's cold. Oh, yeah, it's great. Let me tell no, you. I'm and then sorry. you get to go to your heated suite. And I'm still down there freezing my ass off. It's awesome. <laughs> no, I no, I just... <laughs> It's so true. Aaron Sweet is so great. Meanwhile, Aaron Andrews is freezing her ass off. <laughs> Let me just say, I, no, I like the, I like the, the you, yeah, it's awesome. You're making me laugh, but the, you know, the environment around it and the, yeah, thing. it's the best. It's the best out there. But yeah, I'll, I'll make your ass come be down there for all four quarters, plus uh, warm ups too. Not go up to his booth and have like, you no, know, no, buffet no, no. and stuff. I'll be, no, I, I'll come down <laughs> before the game. I'm there. I'm standing there. Come say hi. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, uh, I can't wait. 
All right, you guys, thank you so much. Thank you. You're awesome. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. That guy... I mean, this is, we need a part two, part three, part four, part five, part six. I'm going to tell you to go to our Calm Down podcast IG. I'm probably going to hit it right after we're done recording this and talk about what a fan I am of his. Was always a fan when I watched the show, but now I love him even more. He better come to a Green Bay Packers game. I'm going to give him a lot of shit, too, if he sits in a suite the whole time. I love it. He was trying to intimate that the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field <laughs> is fun as long as he's not freezing is the situation there. He's Super fun. So good. Uh, to your point, we could have went on and on. Nine seasons was still not enough as him... Uh, as Kevin Malone on The Office. But what a what a great guy. I can also see why Cameo is uh, incredible for him as a platform yeah. because he's so personable and lovely. In fact, fun fact, I was actually watching some of his cameos, as creepy as oh, that really? is. Well, yeah, because I was thinking about, you know, as I'm new to the space, how right. I could get better, how I could, like, give the audience what they really want. I mean, I'm clearly not the... Uh, the actor and the personality that he is, but he's lovely all the way around. We were very lucky to talk to him, and I can definitely see why that show, um, you know, he mentioned being a family. And just when you start with 
with being in that Honda Civic and you end up uh, what will go down as one of the greatest shows in the history of television to go on that ride with that crew. Can you imagine how many outtakes that that, you know, that would last another 25 seasons of all the things they couldn't put on air. So he says in his podcast, what made them work is that they were just normal people having fun and, and just there was nothing, you know, like he mentioned the Friends cast being so glamorous. And when he just told us, yeah, that story of the Globes and just going after it and the chocolate fondue and all the colors they drank. That's something we all can relate to and we all want to do if we ever got invited to the Golden Globes. You've been there. I haven't. What I have done, though, is be on a plane four times a week, want to absolutely cuss out every single person on it for acting like animals. Um, That's a podcast for another time. But I appreciate his Calm Down Award because sit down, sit down. Like, just, we are not, like, have you lost your goddamn mind? Sit down. Also, who are the people that are crowding? If you're in zone one, you get to go first. If you're in zone four, don't crowd the zone one. So I got to be like, are you going? Are you not going? And now we're in a whole thing. And just go when your zone's called. It's fine. Yeah. Flight attendants, if you're out there and you're listening, they're my favorite people in the world. They don't get enough credit. They don't get enough love. I always talk to them. Listen, they're not paid to be your waitress or your concierge. Shut up. Shut up and sit down and put your seatbelt on. That's who we need to have on as a flight attendant. I can't wait. We'll call it research for our show coming out. (laughs) The current show that we have is Calm Down Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week. Have a good week, everyone. Put your seatbelt on. Exits are here, 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 and here. Put your mask on before your child's. In the event of an emergency. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 